With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. Now jobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's World No Tobacco Day, which is why we all dropped acid before this episode. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe, everybody. I'm your co-host, Joel Marlboro Cheeseman. I'm Chad. I can't quit prompting you, so wash. And I'm leaving. No Bart for me. Funny when I was in. And on this week's episode, AI takes a bite out of European headcount. No Bart for you and buy or sell. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. You guys look a little rough today. <laughs> Outside of Chad's nicely, uh, freshly shorn scalp, you guys are looking a little rough today. I had a 6 a.m. flight out of Madeira uh, to it. get to, yeah back to Lisbon and then a two and a half uh, hour car ride uh, to the place here in Cabanas. So, yeah. So. So, so many places in Europe. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Leaving, what's your excuse? We had, what's it called again? Bingsteren? Yesterday, <laughs> some kind of a holiday. I, for, I forgot the name in English. Pentecost, Pentecost Day, I, I think. I mean, said. it sounds like like some witchcraft thingy. Pentecost it sounds like some yeah. middle, middle Ages shit to me. Yeah, is it religion? Well, then yes, it sounds like witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> we burned yeah. some witches and uh, drove some stakes into some vampires' hearts over the weekend. So we had a holiday, and it was the weather was beautiful. And and, and when the weather is beautiful in Belgium, we barbecue and we drink too much. So. That's why I look a bit rough today, as you call it. <laughs> What's a barbecue in Europe like? It's something you would complain about. And what would I complain about? <laughs> not enough barbecue sauce? Yeah, what? the steaks aren't steaky enough and, and the barbecue yeah. sauce, it's not barbecue sauce enough. Yeah. But um, no, no, it was actually good. So, uh, I have a good butcher. It's a fist, a fist thick steak. Too much green stuff on the grill, I think, would be the problem. Uh, I, I made this actually an American coleslaw or something. 
It was an American <laughs> recipe I found on Weber, <laughs> the barbecue brand Weber, and yeah, uh, yeah. I looked for side dishes, and, and the, uh-huh. the coleslaw was a thing. It was good. Was it good? Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. What, yeah. what about everybody else? Did, did the kids eat it? That's the question. Well, it was too green for them as well, even though it's not green. <laughs> but uh, some, some even did. Yeah. Did you make hot dogs is the question. Did you grill some hot dogs? We had better sausages, but uh, we, did, <laughs> we did do yeah. sausage. Yeah. He, he talks about great steak and then he says hot dogs. I mean, <laughs> how, how, does that, uh, how does that even go together? That escalated quickly. <laughs> My my birth. So we'll get to this in a second. But so my Chad and I celebrated a birthday this weekend. Yeah. So my birthday menu uh, for my wife was chili dogs for lunch. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Ribs ribs for dinner. Mm. <laughs> and then and then when the kids came over, the big kids came over. Uh, we had smash burgers. So that's oh, that's what's on okay. my menu birthday time. I don't know about yours, Chad. Nice. Yeah. No, I went to a like five star restaurant in Madeira and had five courses. Can't remember them all because I had wine the entire time. Uh, so yeah, I had I had a hell of a headache. Woke up about three AM, took some Tylenol, went back to bed. <laughs> it was a great birthday. Dude, I fear that I fear that you're still on that yacht in Lido, Southern California. <laughs> like You've 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 taken douchey to a whole new level. Now it's it's come to Europe. You've left. It's my birthday. <laughs> I get to be a little douchey. Birthday. I had wine with Buffy and uh, the crew. Yeah. Oh my God, Madeira has amazing wine. Though at least one of us is still people with the people. The commoners having chili dogs. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let's get to shout out. Shout outs. First shout out goes to you're gonna love this name, Theophilos. Vasiliadis. He's the founder and CEO of Carrera.gr. I think first and foremost, every CEO should have a gladiator name like that. Theophilos. Anyways, uh, you might remember uh, Carrera.gr here in the news lately because uh, what? Yeah, they bought Career Builders International uh, business. But here's a message that Theo sent me on LinkedIn specific to our comments about the Career Builder Fire Sale episode. If you haven't heard that, just go to chadcheese.com, Career Builder Fire Sale episode. So, long story short, Carrera didn't buy the Career Builder brand. So, they can't use the Career Builder brands. Uh, just the business to in, in the intent to spin off those local businesses with newer tech. Can't use the career builder brand. It sucks anyway. Why the fuck would they use it? It's so yeah, it's so strong. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna kill everything. Jesus. <laughs> well, good luck to them there in Greece. All right, I got a shout out to uh, to LinkedIn. I'm really going to use this as a, a reason to talk about me. So again, I had a birthday uh, this weekend. Did you have a birthday this weekend? It's not too late to send those e-gift cards uh, at woodencork.com to joelcheeseman at gmail.com. But anyway, like me, Chad, you probably received a lot of automated happy birthday messages on LinkedIn. And I'm here yeah, to tell annoying. you, everyone, stop it. Stop it. I don't know you people. You send me a happy birthday on a holiday weekend. Like, I know it's not real. The messages I get from these people are like eight years deep of just happy birthday every year, like clockwork. I don't have a conversation. I don't know them. So if you're on LinkedIn, if you've got the automated messages set to happy birthday, just stop. It's time to stop the insanity. (laughs) 
It's gone too far, and it's a little too crazy at this point. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Not authentic, kids. I'm going to give you a manual happy birthday, Joel. Aww, happy birthday. Thank you, oh, Levin. Do we get a song? Happy can, birthday! Can we get it in, 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 in Belgium, in, in Dutch, or in Flemish? Is there? Is... How do I say happy birthday in Flemish? Gelukkige verjaardag. Yikes. Gelukkige verjaardag. Yeah, something like that. Something okay. like that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the gelukkige was actually pretty good. The last part you screwed up. But uh, okay. <laughs> happy birthday. That's the story of my life, man. Last part. <laughs> you started out just fine and then you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> then you went to sleep. Yeah, and then it yeah. goes wrong. <laughs> okay. What you got leaving? Okay, shout out. My shout out goes to Michael Blakely from Equitas. You might remember Equitas. We've done a, oh, yeah. a buy or sell on Equitas mm-hmm. some weeks ago. And I think Chad bought and I didn't. I sold and afterwards the guy reached out to us on LinkedIn, the, the co-founder, Michael Blakely, and he was very mm-hmm. nice. So he made me feel guilty about not buying and he tricked me, <laughs> he tricked me in a, a demo, which actually was a very good demo. So if you remember, Equitas is some kind of a, a platform, a very nice platform, I must say now. Um, to ensure you are doing some fair hiring. And I thought uh, fair hiring, fair hiring, that's something very American. We don't need uh, software to tell us what's fair in Europe, but he convinced me otherwise. So <laughs> if this was a buy or sell now, I would buy. But, and this actually is the point I was going to make, he told me something really interesting, or at least mm. I found it interesting. He lives in Belfast, so you know the troubles for the very young people. Maybe you don't, but... Uh, the Catholics were constantly fighting the, the Protestants in Belfast and uh, killing mm-hmm. each other in a very efficient way and bombing each other, whatever. So um, he lives in Belfast and their demographic data capturing is an obligation since the 1998 peace agreement. So there it's obliged to ask when uh, you're in a job interview, are you a Protestant or are you a Catholic? Because they need to, to note it down to make sure there's fair, fair hiring. So... Uh. I wondered, okay, but what if you are Jewish? And they say, are you a Protestant or a Catholic? Uh, I'm Jewish. <laughs> yes, but are you Protestant or Catholic? So, uh, but uh, I don't think they have many Jews in, in Belfast, I guess. You are either way Protestant or Catholic. And it's noted. So it makes sense that a platform to ensure fair, fair hiring like Equitas was born in Belfast. Bye. <laughs> okay, that's it. All right, all right, all right. No. He's going to send me a bottle of Bushmill, he promised. <laughs> he bought your vote, it sounds like. Here, I'm for sale. We have some live footage from uh, that demo that uh, Levin got. What are you doing, Stepro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Levin oh, can be shit. bought, everybody. Levin oh, can be good bought. Oh, God. Well, Bushmills. Yeah, well, maybe we can get that Bushmills at where? Breakfast at Network Park, oh, baby, yeah. coming. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, Michael Blakely yeah. from Equidos. I uh, expect some bushmills in uh, <laughs> July 6th. Uh, we're going to be at Nebworth Park at Wreckfest, mm-hmm. just north of London, kids. If you're in Europe, you got to come to Wreckfest. Uh, it's going to be happening again one day. One day. Bring the whole gang. Bring. It's a team whole team the whole chad and cheese team is going to be there it's going to be joel it's going to be myself it's going to be leaving julie's going to be there we're going to have a bunch hell cole's going to be there for god's sakes the whole team this is going to be there yes i'm going to be there. Everybody's going to be there we're going deep everybody just the tip 
which means you need to bring your team. You need to bring your team. We're going to be on the Disrupt stage all day where all we're going to do is talk about technology. So get out to Nebworth Park, London, just north of London, Nebworth Park, July 6th. Love it. Love it. Topics. All right. Telecom's giant BT plans to cut up to 55,000 jobs. Yikes. Mostly in the UK by the end of the decade as part of cost-cutting measures. AI and other technologies will replace a fifth of the workforce, primarily in customer service. CEO Philip Jansen believes AI tools like ChatGPT will enhance services without making customers feel like they're dealing with a robot. The job cuts align with the trend in the industry following Vodafone's plans to cut 11,000 jobs as well. Chad, what are your thoughts on the news? I think it's interesting right out of the gate. They're like, customer service can go. (laughs) And I mean, I've never never called BT before, but I have called AT&T and I've called many other services and it really sucks. I think the best advent that they've that, that they've come up with is this callback scenario. Hey, you've got a 30 minute wait. Can you give us your number and we'll just call you back? And yeah. that it was like one of the best customer service inventions, I guess you could say, uh, over the last uh, probably fucking 20 years. <laughs> but we take a look at it. So BT currently has 98,400 employees that are not contractors, 130,000 with contractors. So nevertheless, 55,000 represents a large, large segment of uh, of the population of what they're going to cut. You only put out an announcement like this, kids, to stifle an earlier announcement of reported 12% drop in profits. Mm. Yeah, their profits went down $1.7 billion from year to year to April, right? So BT's shares fell more than 7% after its results fell short of analysts' expectations. BT wants to project a leaner and more profitable business, which is why they're giving the cuts, 15,000 cuts to, to the, the building of the fiber networks, 10,000 UK networks require less maintenance. So you got less people there, 10,000 for, you know, new tech and, and, and AI for customer service, and then just 5,000 for basic restructuring. So at the end of the day, this is more about trying to project power for better stocks than it is anything else. I don't believe that they know how many people they're going to be able to displace with this tech just yet. I think they're they're willing enough to be able to say, look, we got to make shareholders feel better and we got to hopefully pump the stock. So you're saying it sounds like a diversion. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, the callback customer service tactic go, always gives yes. me PTSD because it reminds me of dating in high school where girls would say like, <laughs> I'll call you back when I'm when I when I have a second to to, to focus on you, and of course they never did. But anyway, I but AT and T calls you back though, AT&T, or Verizon yeah, or one. Yeah, yeah, they call you they're, back. They're a little friendlier than the girls I dated in high school. <laughs> but that's another another story. Remember when we talked about IBM a few weeks ago, Chad, uh, replacing thirty percent of uh, their back office jobs uh, primarily through AI? Guess what their stock did? It went up. People love cost cutting and no one likes cost cutting and headcount reduction like Wall Street. You mentioned the uh, the stock price correlation there, and that's that's no mistake. People uh, on Wall Street like to hear about job cuts and they like to hear about companies that are embracing AI. 
Uh, our mm-hmm. friend Prof G likes to talk about the old days when everything had a dot com on the end of it, because putting a dot com at the end of your name meant that your stock went up a good 10 to 15 percent because now you are an Internet company. Mm-hmm. And I guess BT is now an AI company because of all the layoffs through AI that they're they're going to be doing. I agree. No one knows exactly how many jobs are going to be cut, what what kind of new jobs are going to replace <clears throat> the old jobs. Uh, they're just giving these sort of rosy diversions uh, primarily to help support the stock price, to make them look like a, a cool new company. I do think it's real that there will be lost jobs from AI, yeah. but I also think yeah. it's a big spin and PR tactic to make your company look better by embracing technology and reducing headcount, thus increasing stock price, thus increasing uh, the the values of CEOs and everyone in the in the in the C suite and the uh, on the board and everyone else. So it's a win win win. Nobody really loses until the jobs start getting cut. And uh, when you're on a yacht off of Lido, no one really cares about the job <laughs> losses. Leaving, what's your take? I thought I read something about 10,000 people within customer care who would be replaced by AI before the end of this year. So it's actually a really big number and it's uh, getting pretty concrete. So they're going to to fire 50,000 people, but 40,000 of those were just in, um, in fiber and the project has finished. So makes sense that they stop the project but uh 10,000 people in customer care would be replaced and i feel first line customer care it makes sense to replace those people with something like chatgpt this is what chatgpt is made for like uh, pretending to be human and staying patient which uh, isn't easy i think if you have constantly people calling and being annoyed so um i think chatgpt does this best and and it could like you always said, generative AI isn't going to take over your job. It's people going using generative AI are going to take over your job. And for my business, for my industry, this is, of course, something we look very closely at. If um, 10 people are working in a company now and they're going to be replaced by two people who are using OpenAI or um, generative AI, then we mm-hmm. have to make sure it's our people who are going to stay. So I just launched a project in uh, House of HR. We made a deal with the Belgian University. All our employees and a big cut of the people we uh, put to work at all those companies will get a training in um, in generative AI. And we want them, if they're going to fire someone, it's not going to be our people who are going to be fired because they know how to use uh, generative AI. They have a certificate from a Belgian University. So this is something we need to act, act very fast. And we have to train everyone. So if someone gets fired, it will be someone who doesn't know how to use it, which won't be our people. Levin, we, we've talked in the past about how influential uh, labor unions can be in Europe uh, as opposed to America. What what role, if any, do you see labor unions playing in job losses uh, due to AI? Do you see a, a strong response from unions or not so much? A dirty role has ever. <laughs> a dirty role. <laughs> a dirty role. They have to be re- realistic, of course. I mean, this is reality and you just can't say we're going to make it illegal to use uh, generative AI. That's ridiculous. Or can you? We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the government's role in a second, but I'm curious about the union's role, if there is yeah, any. Well, and to be honest, I haven't heard anyone from the unions talk about this, in Belgium at least, yet. 
So mm. uh, maybe they're still debating over it or uh, striking somewhere else. But uh, Well, in this case for, for BT, the union actually said they, they understood that there were going to be cuts, right? It's just kind of like we're, we're going we're gonna to have to take what we have to take. But they said, can we please make sure that we go heavy on the contractor side first? They have 98,000 mm. workers, a ton, of, a ton of contractors that they want to see let go prior to the actual FTEs. Mm-hmm. And on that, when we come back, we'll talk about the government's role with AI. <laughs> Let me do that again. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, a little bit more AI. No Bard for you, Levin. Google's AI chatbot Bard is expanding to 180 countries. However, noticeably absent from the list are countries in the European Union. While Google did not officially state the reason, it is likely related to GDPR compliance concerns. Italy recently banned a similar AI, ChatGPT, for the same reason. Google hinted that further expansion will align with local regulations. Canada, or what I call Europe Light, is also noticeably missing from the supported regions. Chad, what's your take on Google's decision, especially now that you're on a beach in Europe, probably not caring at all about Bard whatsoever? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, this is this is mirrored by what we saw from uh, OpenAI. So switching quick quick gears, uh, just to generative AI overall, whether it's Google, where the, whether it's uh, OpenAI. Um, now, I know Cheeseman, you've been waiting for a uh, Brokeback Mountain sequel, and, and here's a great storyline for that. A Time <laughs> article entitled OpenAI Could Quit Europe Over the New AI Rule. So, quote, from the article, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman said Wednesday his company could cease operating in the EU if it is unable to comply with the provisions of the new AI legislation that the bloc is currently uh, preparing. Altman said that OpenAI's skepticism centered on the EU's Laws designation of high risk, that's air quotes, kid, Mm -hmm. high risks systems as it's currently drafted. If we can comply, we will. And if we can't, we will cease operating in the EU. This is seems like a a, I can't quit you kind of scenario. I don't don't think they're going to leave. Uh, they'll have to if the government says they have to. Look, well, I don't say they have to. They yeah. just ha- they just say that they have to abide by rules. Yeah. So the government's not saying that they have to leave. Please stay, but you have to abide by the rules. Well, and Google's not yeah. even showing up. Uh, Google's not showing. By the up way, yet. anytime I can put a, a Canadian news flash and a European show is is always hey, great. Hey, Bob, we were doing our movie. <laughs> don't wreck our show, you. So loser. European policy to me seems like a double edged sword uh, to some degree. Like we we will celebrate, you know, record finds on Facebook or Google, and yeah. and, and that's and that's a good thing. But the 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 flip side of that is these tech companies are less likely to play. Uh, in a way that they would in America or probably Asia and other places uh, because of said 
fines and regulations and laws that that Europe has uh, set forth. So to me, this is like a lose for Europe because if Italy bans ChatGPT or Bar doesn't come uh, to a, a European city near you, Europe just falls more behind countries that are introducing new AI, new technologies. So you can you can celebrate the fines and all the regulations, but also there's a double there's another side of that in that these companies are less likely to play ball or introduce these technologies to European countries, which also limits their ability to create new AI and companies around uh, artificial intelligence uh, within Europe itself. Um, I would like to know if you asked any European, would you rather have greater privacy laws? Uh, or the ability to to play with new tech around AI, my guess would be more would say I'd rather play around with the new AI stuff and see the new tech than they would concern about uh, their privacy. So this is the way it is. Uh, Europe, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you're going to find Google and Facebook and everybody else to the moon, you're also going to have less technology and cool shit to play with uh, as a result of that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it will be pretty problematic if uh, we would get behind on this, I think. And I don't think the Americans would mind if Europe was uh, dragging it a bit. Not sure. So um, I definitely hope they won't be so stupid as to completely drive um, OpenAI away. Google doesn't like GDPR, and neither do I. I think the the whole idea is great, but um, I doesn't like the way I, I don't like the way how it was executed. But that's a different a different story. But uh, I was able to test Google Bart by using a VPN and pretending I was in the United <laughs> States. So there's always a way to to work yeah. around. But yeah. I didn't really like Google Bart, and this is problematic too. I mean, it makes things up, and it's still in a and beta testing phase, I know, but it yeah. makes things up. I asked Google Bart, write a biography over myself, over Lieven van Iwenaze, who works at House of HR. And it started perfectly. It says, okay, Lieven is chief digital at House of HR, a company, blah, blah, blah. Everything was right. And then suddenly it said, Lieven was born in 1972 in Ghent. I was born in 1976 somewhere else, but the rest was right. So it's mixing stuff which is made up with stuff which is true. And then it yeah. becomes very difficult to filter out what's not right. And then you can, this can become problematic if you use it for, let's say, a contract building, but you are starting from wrong premises. I don't know. Uh, I think they have a lot of work to do. Also, it said I used to work for Randstad. I never worked for Randstad. I used to work for USG people, never for Randstad. So it knows vaguely what I've been doing. It knows mm -hmm. who I am. But if it's not sure, it's just like... Uh, Making things up. And I didn't have the same uh, experience with uh, OpenAI. It's much better in my experience. So I hope they stay and uh, you can keep your Google Bart. It's cleaner. I think I think ChatGPT and OpenAI is definitely cleaner. I think it's better and it's just further along in its iterations. But one of the things that Sam Altman did say is that to be able to scale uh, the nonsensical bullshit that's out there on the web today, you can't you can't do it without generative AI. I mean, you just, you can't. So you have when Facebook had the, the, the issues with um, Cambridge Analytica, that was all human, right? That was all, that was all mm. data, but it was contracted. And then humans actually posted and targeted individuals. This being able to scale 
uh, utilizing that same kind of data would be fucking scary and crazy. So there, there are some really bad sides to it. I, I don't, I don't think that open AI will be kept out of uh, the EU. I think they'll, they'll work something out, but uh, I hope there are some limiters because we, we have to have something limiting. We didn't have Facebook limiting with, Cambridge Analytica selling shit to foreign countries and hmm. we we got stung. We got stung hard. This could be 10 times worse when AI experts out there, they said a 10% likelihood that this could be existential <laughs> risk. That's too much for me. Mm-hmm. Hey, when the robots decide who, who they can get rid of first, it's Europe. So think about that when you uh, <laughs> think, talk about that. How, how prevalent is like VPN usage in Europe? Like I would say it's it's low single digits in America, people that leverage VPNs. I have a feeling it's a lot higher in Europe. Well, probably not. I no? use it because... Sometimes when I'm testing our websites, I want to make sure that I can test it on the different domains of whatever for, for Google, yeah. et cetera, for, um, for keyword tracking. I sometimes try to see in Germany, how do we, uh, how do we rate on, on the, the Google listings, for example? So then I have mm-hmm. to pretend to be in Germany. So I use it, but I don't think many people do. My okay. students, my students say we use it uh, to watch Netflix. Yes. So they can see the Netflix uh, movies, which are already released in the United States, but not in Europe yet, for example. Yeah. And then they pretend to be in, in the US. But I don't think um, m- many people use it in a professional way. Single digits. I mean, my kids were coming home telling me how they were using VPN on their phone to uh-huh. access stuff on the school's network that they couldn't without. Uh, so okay. you, I think it's used a lot more than, than, than you think. So old people don't yeah. use it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. People do. So it's yeah. a lot, lot bigger number. Young people like me. Yeah. yeah. The, the hallucinations like don't bug me that much because I was on the internet. Speaking of old people, like I was on the internet doing searches in the 90s, yeah. which really sucked, uh, and it got mm-hmm. better. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. this stuff is going to get, get better. better. Hallucinations are going to like slow down or stop, or there'll be some. They will function around that but anyway uh Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be fun to watch i I hope that europe does not stifle exposure to ai because i think it'd be really bad for uh for europe as a whole Mm -hmm. agreed but what would be great for europe is a game of buy or sell everybody that's right if you know how we play the game we talk about three companies that recently got funding in europe i read a summary and the boys give it a buy or sell rating are you guys ready to play a little buy Yep. Or sell. Let's talk about Centuro Global. Bring it. Based in London, has secured 3.3 million pounds in funding. They assist companies in expanding internationally by helping them comply with local regulations, including immigration, HR, legal, tax, and accounting issues. The platform covers over 150 countries and caters to companies of all sizes, offering one-off advice or ongoing support. The funding will be utilized for platform development and expanding the team. Chad, is this the deal of a Centuro or just another bottle of snake oil? So this org looks like it has a couple of high-powered founders uh, that understand at least the mechanics of the space. Unfortunately, there's just way too much firepower in said space right now. Several with many that have large war chests of cash like remote oyster deal velocity global multiplier rippling and many many more plus the aforementioned platforms have tech experience 
That's to me very simply, I'm, I'm a big fan of founders who know what they're doing. I think they, they have a lot of reputation in that space, just not on the technical side of the house. Not to mention there are a hell of a lot of unicorns that are in the space that have money to actually throw at this problem. It's a, it's a sell, unfortunately for me. Oh boy, that's a sell. So I'm trying to kind of make sense of this whole trend of small comp or like small invested companies taking on the remote work category. Because like you said, Chad, we have companies that have, that have gained unicorn status for the amount of money they got, remote, oyster deal, and so forth. And we've talked about them ad nauseum here on the, on the, on the show. However, we've also talked about on the show that uh, companies don't fail because they've taken too little money. We talk about that they fail because they take too much money. So is the, is the, is the calculus around giving these companies a couple million dollars that we're hoping that deal and remote all go out of business and we're the, we're the mammals while all the dinosaurs die and we're the ones that come up from the ooze and become the the players that uh, companies actually use. If, if you're using that calculus, then this thing would be a buy. Unfortunately, I think that what will happen with the deals and the remotes and the oysters and the Velocity Globals and everyone, they're going to eventually like fight it out. There will be a Coke and a Pepsi from those two and maybe a Fanta, which we love to talk about, but those guys will fight it out. Um, at best, at best, Centuro Global is a is a minuscule like cracker crumb acquisition five to to seven years from now. Uh, but I don't think they're going to get ten x on the three million that they got uh, for this one. So for me as well, it is a sell. Mm-hmm. Leaving. I think they're doing like what Boundless is doing. Huh? We we used to have Dee Coakley, uh yep. in this show two years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she launched a company then, I think, which is exactly doing what they are doing now. So um, I wonder how she is doing. Maybe we should ask if her company is doing just fine, then this might be a good investment. But I checked their website and they offer a seven-day free trial. And I like seven-day free trials, so I was going to give it a try, but I couldn't get past their sign-up form. And they always said uh, there is some error, try again. So I tried again, and I tried again for seven times, but uh, it kept saying the same thing. So I can't buy in these conditions, can I? So it's a sell. <laughs> no. Literally can't buy. Literally nope. could not buy the product. All right. Number two is France's Abbey has raised 1.2 million euros. The company aims to become the leading SaaS solution for freelancers, offering tailored support in business management. With a growing market of over 4.1 million self-employed individuals in France alone, Abby plans to accelerate customer acquisition, develop a mobile application, provide access to chartered accountants, and launch an advanced offering. Chad, are you ready to buy Abby, or would you rather read the latest installment of Dear Abby? Is that too American of a reference? Both sounds horrible, by the way. (laughs) Uh, We've all said it before. Going SMB sucks. Going contractor only sucks even more. Uh, You have to find those individuals where they are and then try and sell them a single SaaS seat. I mean, instead of going enterprise and selling teams SaaS seats, right? Uh, That's hard in the U.S., 
where we all speak the same language and generally do business in the same way, trying to get this rolling in Europe as a French company, that would be a fucking nightmare. This, sorry, Abby, this is a sell for me. Oh boy. All right. So when it comes to first mover excellence, here's what France does well. Revolution, art, and turning <laughs> snails into fine cuisine. And croissants. Work, work tech. Okay, I'll give you croissants, uh, especially <laughs> chocolate ones. Anyway, uh, work tech, not so much. Uh, Abby is an invoicing software dedicated to micro entrepreneurs. What the fuck is a micro entrepreneur? I've heard of solopreneurs. Now, now I got to deal with micro entrepreneurs, whatever the hell that is. You know, you know what makes invoicing easy? PayPal, QuickBooks, Bill.com. And if you're already a freelancer, Upwork, Fiverr. Oh, and by the way, there's already a freelance platform in France called freelance.com that you might want to check out in terms of getting paid for your work. The field is way too crowded. Uh, this makes no sense to me. And for those reasons, I am a sell. How do you say sell in French? Vendre. Vendre. There you go. Vendre. Leaving what you got, man. For me, it was a difficult one. I'm sure it's very interesting. And I've got a management company myself, so I'm not really a freelancer, but it's the same system. Mm -hmm. I've got my own, how do you call it? I don't know. Uh, my own company. Mm -hmm. I hate all the nitty gritty, all the, the paperwork. So I have an accountant who takes care of everything for me. And this could be, Abby could be something to replace the accountant, but I would still have to enter all the data in the system and I, I don't like it. So I would never ever use it. Maybe control freaks who want to stay in control over everything, they might use it. But basically a, a freelancer who has lots of work, doesn't have the time to do this and he will give it to his accountant. Uh, maybe starters, but they don't have much money. So after careful consideration, it's a sell. Did you try the seven day trial period in this, uh, in this bar? They anyway. didn't even offer it. They didn't even offer it. Boo. That's two cells from leaving, but can I interest you in a Belgian startup? Out of Ghent, yeah, leaving. It's bots. Check, it's bots. Check yeah. this out. Check this out. According right, to Bart, up. I was I was born in Ghent, so I mean, there you go. So you got to love <laughs> this. We don't we, we don't cover a lot of Belgian startups. So here we go. Uh, Whale has secured two point five million euros in funding for its knowledge sharing and employee software as a service platform. The investment will support the platform's growth, including the integration of AI in Europe and the U.S. Whale's platform allows small and medium-sized enterprises to create playbooks for training teams and measuring their impact on the business. Chad, is this a whale of an opportunity or a guppy you're going to throw back into the water? <laughs> so knowledge databases are, are really powerful, but they, they, they suck to use. Uh, going through company manuals, documentations, it just, it just sucks. Uh, so, but think about having a knowledge database that uh, you can plug into an open AI, right? Kind of a database. And we keep talking about all these different rich databases that companies have, that it's their own secret sauce, right? That's going to be the, the, the bards, the, the um, open AIs of the future, the really focused tech, the rich databases. So I, I really believe data-rich platforms like Whale, 
that help companies leverage their secret sauce will dominate how they work in the very, very near future. For this one, it's a buy for me. All right. Very, very nice. Very nice. All right. Did you guys know that uh, the War of 1812 ended uh, with a treaty signed in Ghent in 1814? War between America and Britain? No, no one, no one cares. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I, I do. I do care, but I didn't know. You didn't know? So there you go. I you were born know. there, no. and the Treaty of 1812, uh, the War of 1812. I was not was, born there. <laughs> That's a really sore subject with you, Levin. Uh, don't, don't tell Levin he's from Ghent, everybody. He will slice your ass. I used to live there, but I wasn't born there. It's not exactly the same thing. It's a beautiful city. My twins were born in Ghent, oh, so... Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, back back to buy or sell. Uh, this company takes what most small companies might use, SharePoint, Google Drive, and I think probably make it a little more intuitive, a little bit more fun, as we've seen in their YouTube videos. And by the way, if you have a extra time, go search whale, uh, not the whale creature, but the company whale uh, videos. It's It's pretty funny. So to me, it's kind of a hybrid of upscaling, standard operating procedures in a company that is usually boring, Throw in a little bit of, of community in there. I like their no nonsense, uh, no nonsense endorsement videos as well. If you're on the site, click on one of the endorsements. It's like a TikTok green screen behind. I mean, I don't know who produced it, but it's very underground looking, uh, trying to be professional. It's hard to explain. Um, anyway, it's clear to me that they are doing more with less. Uh, they're 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 fighting much above, high above their weight class. And for those reasons, whale is a buy. All right, all right, all right. Mm. All right, Levin. Now, if they weren't in Ghent, then maybe Levin, Levin would buy them. <laughs> I, I love Ghent. I love Ghent. I was just not born there. People should stop claiming I was born in Ghent. Definitely Bart should stop it. No, but uh, I like the idea and I like uh, the whole concept. I think the hard part will be convincing people to take the time to document all their knowledge on the platform because uh, if they don't have the time when there's a new colleague to train him, why would they have the time to put all the knowledge on the platform? And also, I think a problem could be people don't know they know something. There is lots of knowledge, which is like subconsciously somewhere present. And I use it when I need it, but it's not like it's top of mind and I'm going to document mm -hmm. it right now. So I've been in this business for like you for, for 20 years. I've known lots of stories, not lots of things, but I will not put them in a system like this. So some kind of knowledge will be documented, but the most important knowledge, in my opinion, will not be. But uh, they're from Ghent, so definitely a buy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can always get all of that knowledge that Levin's talking about on the Chad and Cheese podcast, Does Europe. Indeed. Of course, Levin can't get Bushmills out of Ghent. I don't. I, I don't know what monastery beer uh, he'll be getting this week, but uh, more power to him. And hopefully, he'll bring some of that beer to Nebworth so we can all have a few glasses and pints and toast and cheer a good time in England. Levin, we will Amen. see you soon. You too, Chad. Until then, we out. We out. We out. Wow! Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Cheese podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. 
enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas send bugfights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.